You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Lead us in the way of righteousness for your name's sake. And we pray that keep us understanding tonight. Make all things glorious. Make all things beautiful. May we live here added on to, encouraged, motivated to pursue this new life. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so once again, thank you for making time. This evening, we are going to continue our discussion. We are talking about the temple and the new creation. On Tuesday, we started laying the foundation and we talked about Adam. Now, um, when we think about the Adam, I'm just going to do a quick recap. Then we are going to delve into what we have to do today. Today, uh, I will try and point out the new creation picture through the story of Noah. I know we are talking about the temple and new creation. All these things are foundational so that when we begin to talk about the temple and we see the pictures in the temple, things will begin to make sense because we are connecting Adam, we are connecting Noah and all the other pictures that the Lord is showing us. And so we said that when God created the universe, He embedded in the creation story the concept of new creation. Now, I didn't say it on Tuesday, but um, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, those of us who are learning about the Bible, and especially those who have taken time to study about the creation account in Genesis chapter 1, we are told that between Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and verse 2, there is what we call the gap theory. The gap theory, because it is believed that when God created the universe and there was this order in the universe, um, it took time. When God created everything, God had to destroy everything that he had created. And so when we see in verse number two that the bible says that and the earth was void formless and full of darkness we are told that something an event happened between verse one and verse two and that's what the theologians call the gap theory and they believe that between verse one and verse two is when satan rebelled in heaven Now, as I meditated on this yesterday after the session and I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it in this sense. Um, I know I didn't talk about it. I'm just, I don't know, but this week I'm so captivated by the new creation as I meditate on it and the new things that the Holy Spirit is unveiling to me. But these are some of the things I was thinking about. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth with a perfect host, right? So in the beginning, there was perfection. And God created the universe. Now, those who are well-versed in the gap theory and know about the, the, the fall of Lucifer's story, one of the things that you are going to learn is that the Lucifer was the, the captain or the chief prince in charge of the new territory that the Lord had created. And they believe that it is because it is because of this that he is able to influence a third of the angels because all the angels he influenced were angels that were directly serving under him, and they had been with him for a very long time. So in the beginning, God created angels to rule the earth and take care of the heavens and the earth that he had created. Then they rebelled. When they rebelled, he destroyed everything. And so in verse 2, we read that the the earth was formless, it was void, and it was full of darkness. 
And so when this rebellion took place, God decided to make a new creation. The new creation was going to be called the, 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 the project Adam. So Adam was the creation, the project of the new creation. So God said, okay, now I want to make another species. And these species, they are not going to be like the angels. Now remember, the angels have a certain quality. The quality that the angels have is that one, they have a beginning, but they don't have an ending. Angels are immortal. Now remember, when I say angels, it is a, a kind of classification that does not communicate the true sense of the word of heavenly beings. So what the actual description is heavenly beings because the word angel actually means messengers. But the, 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 the heavenly beings are not all messengers. Some of, some of them are what we call princes. When we read the book of Daniel, uh, we read that the, 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 Michael is the is the is the arch prince of of israel so some of the angels are princes they are rulers right and so when we read um ephesians chapter 6 and it says that there are powers there are thrones there are dominions there are rulers these are all classes of spirit beings and so in this class of spirit beings before genesis chapter 2 we we are we are assuming that they were all in their perfect state so they had their undying life and the, the other thing about the angels is that they were made with knowledge they had knowledge god created them with special abilities they had special abilities that were unlike unlike other beings and so when they rebelled and god had to make the new creation we read in the Genesis 1 verse 26 that let us make man in our image. But you realize that the Adam project was different from the angelic project. In the sense that when God created the Adam, last Tuesday I was telling you that Adam as, as a being is a finite being, right? So he is a man that was created to live and to die. And so when God created the project Adam, now remember when we say Adam, we are not just talking about Adam. We are talking about the Adam who is who comprises of the Eve. It's like saying, let us make man here. The man here is not just man. When you read Genesis chapter 2, it says that he created man, male and female, he created them. So they are both male and they are female both male and female so this project adam when god created him we realize that the bible says god breathed into the new creation and man became a living soul but what did god do to this man he kept from this man the two things that the angels possessed the tree of life which gives immortality and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil now you have to understand that the angels have the knowledge of good and evil. They know it. So God said, let me keep this from them for the meantime. And let me put them in a special place called the garden. And let me, let me nurture this Adam. And if Adam matures, that's not what the Bible says. So these are all things I am interpreting when this adam matures i am going to introduce this adam to immortality and to the knowledge of good and evil because you see as i thought about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil one of the things i, I was i was reasoning out is that knowledge is not necessarily good it's not necessarily evil knowledge is good or evil based on the timing it is released for instance, it is it is not evil to have the knowledge of how to operate a gun. But knowing about how to operate a gun in a particular situation and condition can make it good or evil. Right? So this project Adam, God made and he, he made it to, to serve as a signpost to the real new creation. Now, Adam is 
a signpost he's a type a shadow of the real new creation that he wanted to create because this adam fell short of the qualities of the of the of the of the perfect picture of the of the masterpiece of god what we read in ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 which is christ jesus and so in adam the new creation god put certain qualities and remember we said that one of the one of the things he made this adam is a steward of the earth now we talked about the inventor and the discoverer adam the project adam the new creation that was going to replace the angelic creation he's a discoverer of god's creation he discovers adam discovers what god has created now remember adam is the new creation from the angelic creation and so when we read the psalm when he says that what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man for you have made him a little lower than the angels right because the word angels there when you read the meaning it means elohim elohim we have been taught as the name of god but elohim is not actually the name of god elohim is a title like manager like director like teacher like doctor that is what elohim means and elohim is a description for all beings that dwell in the spirit realm one of these days we will take time and talk about it but that's not the focus of tonight so when god made the adam and made adam the discoverer we know that in the new creation god was trying to introduce these ideas to us that my intention is for the new creation now what is the purpose of the adam i didn't talk about this on tuesday but i mentioned it in now now when you look at genesis chapter 1 and 2 and what happened the chaos in verse 2 it tells you that when god created the world the world was in order then satan rebelled and brought it to disorder and confusion then when there was disorder and confusion god once again introduced the adam project the new creation what was the purpose of the new creation called adam the purpose of that adam was to bring order again to the creation and so when you read verse 28 verse 27 and verse 28 he said that let this man let him have dominion over the created realm over the created things let him be able to um tend to the trees manage how they grow uh, let him plant let him do this let him do all those things he's supposed to be a manager to bring order to make sure that they don't because you see the key words that he uses is that subdue it have dominion over it right so subdue have dominion these are all words that these are words of order a, a person that has the ability to and subdue and have dominion is a ruler right so god was saying that this new creation is going to be a ruler but we know what happened to the new creation called adam adam once again slept and when adam slept we went back to confusion and chaos now i want to introduce the next idea of the new creation in the bible in the next idea of the new creation now remember in genesis chapter 6 the bible says that sin began to multiply in the earth as the sons of men began to multiply and the sin and the corruption became so unbearable that god decided that he did not have he didn't want anything to do with man but in the midst of the chaos in the midst of the confusion god once again identified a man that embodied the 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 the, the idea of the new creation his name was noah now who is noah noah the name of noah means rest right the name noah means rest now remember in genesis chapter one we are saying that the new creation god embedded the ideology and the concept of new creation in the creation and so when we look at 
the creation Genesis chapter 2 the Bible says that after God had made man on the sixth day in chapter 1 verses 30 and 31 he says that when we come to chapter 2 he said that on the seventh day God after looking at everything that he had created God rested now in my studies I came across an article in the new creation we realize now remember if you look at the theme for what i've posted is the temple and the new creation and when you look at the description i talk about the sabbath right now sabbath is the seventh day right and the bible said on the seventh day god rested from his creation now i discovered an article that really blew my mind concerning the rest of god now apparently when we talk about rest rest does not mean what we think of it now now you realize that when we look at um, the etymology of words you are going to realize that words over time change words over time change and what a word means now is not necessarily what it meant in some days past right so the word rest i found actually means to rule rest means to be enthroned as king rest means to be enthroned as king and being enthroned as king meant when god had finished his creation he occupied the seat of enthronement now please everything that we are talking about today you have to understand that it is going to come up in the temple and when we begin to talk about the temple yes so the name of this theologian is called john walton john walton where walton is spelled w-a-l-t-o-n you can you can go and read about what he wrote about rest uh it's going to be it's going to be amazing for you i'm encouraging everybody to look for that article um so he says that when we talk about rest rest means the state of order in society and it pertains to the security and the stability that is found in the ordered system of god so when god says that he rested on the seventh day what god is doing is that he is enthroning himself as the ruler the manager the overseer of the ordered system i've already done a teaching about sabbath once and if if you listen to that teaching you are going to come to the understanding and one of the things i talked about is that whenever we talk about the sabbath we can never talk about the sabbath without talking about the six days and if you take your time to study the sabbath you realize that on each day god created what we call a self-sustaining system so the, the creation itself is a system and in this system it is the spirit of god that oversees to the running of the system so when we remove god from the system the system collapses so when god had finished creating everything and he saw that it was good he realized that he is the only one that is fit to manage what is good so i don't know if you remember what jesus said about no one being good but god he said that a young rich man came to jesus and said good teacher and jesus said that why do you call me good teacher no one is good except god because the the concept of goodness is in respect to the one who is enthroned over the creation the one that knows what is best what is good what the creation needs and nobody knows what the creation needs save god so when we talk about the sabbath it is god 
enthroning himself, climbing onto the throne of creation and saying that, I am the Elion, the Most High, the one that oversees the creation. Right? So, that is what the Sabbath is. I'm going to take my time next week and talk about this. I want to talk about Noah before I talk about this. So, if you understand that the Sabbath means rest, right? And rest means being enthroned as king. In Genesis chapter 6, when the sons of God, these are the fallen angels, the fallen spiritual beings. I'm training myself to use spiritual beings more than angels. When these fallen spiritual beings came to the earth, the Bible said that they saw the daughters of men, they desired them. And they took them as their wives. And they produced what we call the Nephilim. The Nephilim, right? And when the Nephilim were born, or when these sons of God came and joined themselves to the daughters of men, what they did was that, once again, they brought chaos, they brought confusion, they brought death, corruption, on on a scale that was unprecedented in the earth so much so that god said that i don't want anything to do with the human race again but when god made that statement once again he found a picture of the new creation he was called noah and noah means what rest right and so when you read genesis 5 the bible said that noah found favor in the eyes of god but noah was a righteous man the key word is that Noah was a righteous man. So in the midst of, of this confusion, in the midst of the chaos, God says that I am looking for a new creation. Now it is believed that the reason why God destroyed the entire world is because the bloodline of the human race had been polluted by these sons of God. They had desecrated the DNA system of the human race such that now men were both men and spirit. And so I always say that for those who study study demonology, they will tell you that demons are the product of the Nephilim. That is, they they are the product of the, the, the fallen beings and the daughters of men. When they became the Nephilim, when they die as human beings they are their spiritual being portion they cannot die because they possess the immortal qualities of their fathers now remember whoever fathers a son takes the seed of the father right so they take the seed of their father and because their, their father is a spirit they become what we call this embodied spirit and when they become this embodied spirit, we refer to them as demons. So demons are not the same as um, what do you call fallen beings. They are not. They are not the same. Demons, fallen beings, cannot enter into somebody and live in that body. But demons can possess. They possess vessels, but fallen beings cannot possess vessels. So note that so god saw a picture of noah and noah meaning rest god said okay now i have found a ruler right i have found a ruler so let's read something in first peter chapter 3 verses 18 to 20. i'm going to make a point about this he says that for christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous now i want you to see the terminologies you have to understand that the bible is written very deliberately the words that the writers are using are deliberate and if you understand the word when you are reading the new testament you are going to see the old testament written all over it so you see noah was what a righteous man right so christ noah means rest rest means what rest means ruler because we are not explaining we are not defining rest in 21st century terms right 21st century when we say rest it means 
he's gone on break he has a leisure time he is sleeping but in the olden days that's not what rest means being enthroned as king being a ruler that's what rest means and this ruler that god found he was righteous we are trying to see remember we are we are talking about the new creation but i'm saying that in the old testament all we have are shadows of the communications of the new creation the perfect new creation is jesus christ but we are going to come back to that so the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to god now remember he might bring us to god we are going to see the story of noah being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when god's patience waited in the days of noah right while the ark was being prepared in which a few that is eight persons were brought safely through the water now remember remember what are the pictures we are seeing we are seeing the picture of righteous we are seeing the picture of noah we are seeing the picture of being dying and rising again we are seeing the picture of eight persons eight persons we see the picture of the water what does it remind us genesis genesis chapter one when adam was created adam was righteous when adam was created adam was a ruler when there was chaos on the water the spirit moved and the spirit brought you know the waters were separated there was order brought to the water right and all these things these are all pictures of jesus now the rest is the new creation to enter into his rest is to enter into the reality of the new creation so noah is this picture of the new creation now let's look at some things about noah then after that we will relate it to jesus now remember eight people were saved so let's look at these key things we are looking at the ark we are looking at the water then we are looking at noah now remember when we read the bible it says that eight people were saved but the seven were saved because of the one i'm going to repeat it again eight people were saved but the out of the eight one person was the reason why the seven were saved god saved the sons of noah and their wives because of noah not because of his children but because of noah now remember when you read the new testament you are going to read phrases like if because of one man's sin death was introduced into the world so because of one man's obedience eternal life is introduced to the world so here in the new creation god is telling us that in the new creation one person's obedience is able to save a family now remember the picture of these eight people is this picture is the picture of a man a father a son this noah is a son and this son has a family and his family have wives right so noah and his wife his sons and their wives these were the people that were saved so noah is the righteous one the women that were married to their children can be classified as strangers from the other family but they were brought into the family of noah because they were married to the sons of noah right noah's wife was considered because he was married to noah so the seven now let's concentrate on the seven when we look at the seven when we take noah's wife and and we join the the wife to noah and we look at the three sons the three sons can be considered as 
the biological children of Noah. The wives that they married can be considered as people that were adopted into their family through the process of marriage. Please, am I making sense? So, in the new creation, the righteous one and the children of the family will be saved. In the new creation, the righteous one saves the children of the family. So, remember, the wives they become part of the family the wives we can think of in a long stretch and say that they are they are what we call in our time the gentiles the gentiles they were not included in noah's covenant they were strangers but because they got married to noah's sons they were included in that same way we the gentiles we were not included in the covenant that God made with Abraham. But because of his son, Jesus Christ, because now we have expressed faith in his son, now we have believed in his son, because we have married Christ, we have been made part of God's family. And because of that, he can save us. Now, this evening this is the one thing i really want you to understand this is the one thing i really want you to understand in the story of noah is the story of christ now you realize that there is one thing about the story of noah noah built an ark the ark had only one door only one door the ark had only one door on the side. When you look at the ark, when Noah entered into the ark, Genesis chapter 6 verse, 6, verse 16, we are told that God told Noah that make a door to the side of the ark. It was only one door. It was only one door. Then it, through this door, the redeemed, we're going to enter. The redeemed we're going to enter. Now, the redeemed in creation includes man and animals. It includes man and animals. So, he said, I set the door of the ark to the side. So, the redeemed include man and animals. And that is why when you read um, Isaiah, it talks about the lion will dwell with the lamb and the little child will play with the viper. That test. It tells you that in the new creation, because that test in Isaiah is a millennial test. It's a test that describes what will happen in the millennial reign of Christ. It tells us that animals will be there. So in the new creation, animals are included. So God is telling us that in this new creation, just like, you see, it goes back to Genesis chapter 1. When the heavens were destroyed, when the angels um, fell, and in the new creation, God created animals again, and he created Adam. So in the new creation, there's going to be man, and there's going to be animals. Yes, it says that the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leper shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. This test is what we call a messianic test, and it's a test that describes the world to come. So God says that in Genesis 6, I'm going to destroy the entire world again with water, right? Because remember, in Genesis chapter 1, when the whole world was destroyed, the one thing that we see prominent in the destruction is water. He said that the water was on the face of the deep. Water was everywhere. So God says, I'm going to destroy again. I'm going to destroy with water. And just like in the new creation, I found in the adam i'm going to start another project with noah who is a ruler remember we say noah means rest rest means ruler or someone who is enthroned as king it's a picture it is not doesn't mean that these are all stewards of the mysteries of god they all embody the mysteries of god they are stewards of mysteries so so god sends the water now we read in genesis uh, chapter 7 verse 11 
that God began to destroy the earth on the second month, on the 17th day of what we call the civil calendar, right? He said, in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of, of the month, on that day, the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of heaven were open. That's when God decided. So this is what we call, when you look at the Jewish calendar, there are four calendars that the Jews use. The most prominent ones we know are what we call the civil calendar and the religious calendar. So before Moses, God was using the civil calendar. And in the civil calendar, the beginning of the civil calendar is what we call the month Aviv. Aviv. The month Aviv is the beginning of the civil calendar. Now, we are told that in Genesis chapter 8 verse 4, Genesis chapter 8 verse 4, when you look at Genesis 8 verse 4, we are told that the ark entered into the new earth. Now, remember, it's a picture. It doesn't mean it is the new earth. Now, remember, um, Tuesday, we were talking about the new creation. We said a new creation means something that has been renewed. One of the meaning is something that has been renewed, right? So, when the waters come down, after 40 days, God sends a strong wind. After 150 days, the waters begin to recede. And now the Bible says that, on the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the civil calendar, the ark rested once again, rested on the mountains of Ararat. Now, remember, uh, this is the mountain of Ararat. They believe is where Mount Zion is. That's that's what the Jewish rabbis believe. Um, he rested again. Once again, the key word is rested, rested. And remember, rest means what rule. So God once again brings his salvation on the mountain of rulership mount zion the place of god's dwelling if you want to know what mount zion is um you have to read the psalms i believe psalm 138 i believe talks about mount zion he rests there on this day on this seventh month which on this 17th day it is the same day right now remember i said that the jews have four calendars the two prominent ones are what we call the civil calendar and the religious calendar. The religious calendar be- begins in Exodus chapter 12. Remember, in Exodus chapter 12 is where we have the Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, God commands Moses and says that, begin to count the years from this month. It is called the month of Nisan. The month Nisan is going to be the beginning of the year for you because in this day, you are going to tell the story of how God brought you out of Egypt. So in the religious calendar, God begins to count time from the Passover. Now, if you understand this, you understand that um, the the 17th day of this month, which is in Genesis 8 verse 4, which is the day that Noah entered into the new earth, is the same day that Jesus died on the cross. Now, I'm not going to go into how that is because that's not the focus of my story today. I'm just trying to show you what it is. But Jesus died on the 17th day of the month of Nisan. Jesus died on the 17th day, on the month of Nisan. One of the ways you can can understand this is this. You have to know that the seventh month of the religious calendar is equal to the first month of the civil calendar. So when we are in the month of Aviv, it is the same as the month Nisan. (laughs) So, the seventh month, the, the first month of the civil calendar is the same as the seventh month of the religious calendar. And the first month of the religious calendar is the same as the seventh month of the civil calendar. That's the starting point. But I said that's not the focus now. So I don't want to get into it. And we are going to talk about it some other time.
So the ark represents salvation, right? What the ark is to Noah is the transportation to the new creation. The ark of Noah is Noah's transportation to the new creation. And there was only one door to the ark. Now, when you read it and you read John's Gospel chapter 10, you begin to understand the argument that Jesus was making, especially from verse 7 going. That a lot of people have come before me, but they are thieves. I am, I am the real door. Anybody that does not go through me is a thief. Then we read in John 10, 10, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father. So Jesus, by the picture of Noah, is telling us that the ark, which is the means of the transportation to the new creation, has only one door, right? The ark represents faith in the Messiah. It, in the New Testament, it is, it, is, it is symbolized by baptism. That is why, personally, I believe that baptism is very important. Baptism is the, is the expression of our faith walk into the ark. Now remember, when, when, when Noah and his family entered into the ark, the Bible tells us that it is God that shut the door. It was not Noah that shut the door. It was God that shut the door. Right? So it means that when it comes to salvation, salvation is purely a God means. If God does not allow you in, you cannot enter. That is why Jesus says that no one comes to me save the Father has allowed him to come. So, when Noah enters the ark, is that transportation to the new creation it has a new door but you know the ark is not a blessing to noah listen to me the ark is not the blessing the ark is only the transportation to the blessing now remember the destination of noah is the new creation it is what we read in genesis chapter 8 verse 4 it is for him to come to the mount ararat where the, the doors of the ark will be opened so that he can enter into the new creation. I know a lot of people call the ark church, the Noah's ark church. It's all good. But if you think about it, because remember in the ark, the animals and human beings were dwelling together. And remember, it is all species of animals on the earth. Do you Can you understand the amount of feces <laughs> that has to be shoveled <laughs> the smell that they have to live with you can't imagine so the ark it's it it's it's a blessing but it is not god's desire for noah the ark is a blessing but the ark was not god's desire for noah God's desire for Noah was that the ark would take him to Mount Ararat where the doors of the ark would be opened so that he and his family and the redeemed creation can go into the new world that he is bringing them to, the new land, the new territory that he is bringing them into. And so, when we align this picture with Jesus, it's, it's the message of the cross and the message of resurrection. As a blessing as the cross is, the focus of heaven is not the cross. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that the cross is not important. Because remember, without the ark, Noah can never get to the new creation. So, without the cross, no believer can enter into the new creation. The new creation is God's design for his people. Whenever God wants to truly bless his people, he brings them into a new creation. 
Because remember, it was only when Noah had stepped out of the ark and he had offered sacrifices to God, he had initiated the worship of God in the new creation. That is when he saw the ark. That is when he caused God to speak once again from his heart. He said, I decided to destroy the earth, but now I swear that I will no longer destroy the earth with water again. So it is only in the new creation that we can encounter God. It is only in the new creation that we can move the hand of God. It is only in the new creation that we can cause God's glory to be seen. It is only in the new creation that the covenant of God can be experienced. It is only in the new creation. And so we see in this picture of Noah that what Jesus is telling us is this. Now remember, when we read John's Gospel chapter 10, Jesus said that because of me, they are able to go in and out of the pasture. So many people are dwelling on the cross. So many people are dwelling on the cross. Look at verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out to find pasture. The, the, the desire of Christ is for you and I to be able to enter into the new creation where we can go on a journey of discovery going in and out is the journey of discovery that is the mandate of the adam project but this time around what god is introducing us in christ through the picture of noah is that in the resurrection right now, when, when we read um, the first Peter test, you realize that it talks about baptism. It talks about baptism. And you realize that in baptism, when you are baptized, now I'm, I'm trying to talk about the new creation being the desire of God for his children. And I really want you to get it. You see, when Jesus was talking about the picture of Noah, painting the picture of Noah to us in first Peter chapter 3 verses 18 to 20. He talks to us about the baptism. And when we talk about the baptism, when we go to Romans chapter 6 and we begin to explore the baptism, you realize that the baptism talks about two things, death and resurrection. Death and resurrection. Now, in the baptism, one of the things that we do is you are submerged into water now let me ask you if you are being baptized and you are submerged into the water do you want to stay under the water the obvious answer is no because if you stay under the water you will drown so god is saying that as good as the message of the cross is as good as the cross is the means for us to enter into the new creation. He does not want us to dwell so much on the cross. The cross is to help us to get saved. It's so that the waters will not swallow us. It's so that death cannot swallow us. So let's look at Romans chapter 6. He said that, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might abound? No, that's not what we are saying. What we are saying is that, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ? And where we were baptized, we were baptized into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead. You see, so the emphasis is that just as he was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Now remember, the newness of life is the picture of what? The new creation. When Noah came out of the ark, he entered into the, the newness of the life of the earth. And so when God baptizes us, he says that don't stay with the cross. Come out of the water. Rise. Resurrect. Pursue the resurrected life. You see, 
the glory of the believer is the is 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 the resurrected life the glory of the believer is the is the resurrected life jesus said it um let's look at luke chapter 24 verse um 26 luke 24 you see we talk about sharing in his glory do you know that the glory of christ which is the new creation is the life after the resurrection was it not necessary that the christ should suffer these things what should he suffer death on the cross that he will enter into his glory what is the glory the glory is the resurrected life the new creation you see when he rose from the dead he rose with a new life with a new body with a new glory so the the new creation is the resurrected life is the new life it is not the life in the ark so whenever we read the story of noah what god is drawing our attention to is that remember the new creation remember the new creation we talk about the ark too much the ark is good but the life of noah was not in the ark the covenant of noah was when he came out of the ark he received a covenant when he came out of the ark our covenant with christ is in the resurrection it's in the new creation so when we talk about new creation realities you see the job of the spirit is to help us to enter into this new creation reality it is his job to guide us into this new life if you and i if we fail to enter into the new created life we will not see the glory of god so you see when we pray a prayer like like god let me experience your glory the question then the holy spirit is asking us this how much of the new creation do you have what about the new creation do you possess what about the new creation and this evening that is what i want to draw your attention to are you like noah do you want to stay in the ark with the animals with the smell of animals with the feces of animals with the inconvenience you see the church is drowning under the weight of the cross he did not die for us to talk about the grave listen jesus did not die for us to talk about the grave the bible said when he rose again and he appeared to the woman he said that let me go don't touch me because i have to go and show myself to the father and the bible says that when he was raised he ascended and he seated at the right hand of the father the glory is sitting at the right hand of the father the glory is being seated with christ in heavenly realms that is the new creation now don't get me wrong it does the new creation is a reality but only a few will will experience it that's the sad part because you see when we read the book of hebrews for instance when we read hebrews chapter 4 and it says that there is now rest for us that believe and he has said that enter into my rest what he is literally saying is that where is the rest of christ the bible says that the rest of christ only came when he was raised from the dead and he is seated at the right hand of the father and he said that sit here sit here rest rule over now rule now in the midst of your enemies 
that is the rest of christ this is the rest that he has prepared for us so when he says that enter into my rest he's not only talking about the sabbath he's talking about having dominion bringing order to the created realm have you not read in romans chapter 8 when he says that the creation is eagerly awaiting for the manifestations of the sun so that just as it was subjected to bondage unwillingly he is now looking for the children that will free it from bondage rest 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 means to rule to make sure that there is order in the created realm remember there is no order in the created realm when satan reigns because satan represents darkness he represents chaos he represents confusion and and god has given you and i he said that that is why when jesus you see when you begin to understand these things you are you begin to understand the mandate that jesus gave the church when he says that cast out devils heal the sick raise the dead raise disciples he is talking about entering into rest entering into rest so this is the question i'm asking you are you noah (laughs) are you the one that brings rest to the people you see when noah let me say like a preacher will say a preacher will say that because noah found rest his family found rest you see the reason why there is confusion in our families the reason why satan is having an upper hand in our family is because like noah we want to stay in the ark we don't want to enter into the new creation because you see your deliverance will come in the new creation your ability to live and enforce the rule of god will come in the new creation in the new creation the rule of christ is perfect at the cross the price was paid for the new creation why are we still talking about the price when the reward is there the new creation is the reward of the price but why are you spending so much time look at our churches look at our church services every time we go we are preaching they say that let's talk about salvation i'm not saying that we have to talk about salvation but you see salvation is not the message for the church salvation is the message for the unbelievers the message of salvation is preached outside the church when we come to the church we learn about the new creation we learn about the new creation so that we will grow in christ and so we have a church and death is raining sickness is raining because the people don't know about the new creation they don't know about the newness of the life that has been prepared for them when we read the book of Ephesians, he says that we should put on this new life. We go to church and the pastor preaches salvation Monday to Sunday, January to December, because he says that souls must be saved. <laughs> if souls must be saved, why are you preaching salvation in the church? Go and do crusade. That is where the lost are. In the church. In the temple of God. Only the sons of God. You see, in the ark. Only the redeemed are in the ark. In the church. The church is meant for the redeemed of the Lord. We have been baptized. and They they want to keep us under the water. No wonder we are drowning in the church. Because we want to come out of the water. (laughs) <laughs> but the preacher says no 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 stay there stay there let's talk about how christ died for us let's talk about the price he said I, 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 pastor i understand i accept jesus died for me he said no stay under the water and when you stay under the water what do you happen after a while you begin to struggle 
you struggle for life. You struggle for life. You struggle for life. No, before you drown, you struggle. You struggle. You, you, your hands begin to move rapidly. Your legs begin to kick because life is being drained out of you. But remember, the moment you come out, you see that, ah, when you breathe, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, ha, ah, ah. A lot of people are struggling because the church doesn't want to talk about the new creation. Doesn't want to talk about entering into the rest. We are talking about the temple and new creation. If you don't understand this message, you will not have a happy Christian life. You always wonder if God is real. You always wonder if angels are real. You always wonder if the power of God is real. You always wonder if God is a healer. You always wonder if God is a provider. You will always wonder because your, 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 your life as a Christian will be lived in the ark. It will be a life of inconvenience. It will be a constricted life. It will be a restricted life. It will be a constrained life. When Noah came out of the ark, all of a sudden he could go wherever he wanted to go. He saw a vast land. He had opportunities. And he used that opportunity to plant vineyard, to drink wine. To be happy in life. You see, it is only in the new creation that you can find happiness. You know, when we read a story like, and Noah planted a vineyard, people said, oh, because he planted a vineyard, that's why he got drunk and what happened, happened and he got, no. He planted a vineyard because in the new creation, he found joy. He found peace. He found refreshment. In the new creation, he found restoration. He had a reason to rejoice. That is why he planted a vineyard. Because it was an expression of merriment. Merriment, happiness, joy. It is in the new creation. I pray for you and I this evening that we will understand this message. I, I pray that I pray that you will live your life in pursuit of the new creation. I pray that you will know the rest of God. That you will do. The Bible says that do everything. When we read Hebrews chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it says that strive to enter into his rest. Because if you don't do it, the Bible says that God will not be happy with you. Strive to enter into the new creation. For the next couple of weeks, I'll just be talking about pictures of the new creation. Pictures of the new creation. Then we will talk about in some, maybe in the month of August or so, we will talk about how to enter into it. Now you see why this is making sense. Now you read Hebrews chapter 4 and you understand why you will talk about enter into his rest and he talks about the foundations of the world and he talks about the seventh day of creation enter into his rest i pray that you and i we will not miss it i pray that you and i we will not miss it i pray that from tonight our desire will be to violently pursue the new creation. Enter into the new life. The new creation. It is the resurrected life. It is, it is the place of peace. It is the place of comfort. When Noah came out, he could sleep wherever he wanted to sleep and not fear. I, you see, some people have not understood. See, read Genesis chapter 8. You realize that even when they came out of the ark, Genesis chapter 8 and chapter 9, you realize that God commanded the animals that they should not harm Noah. Ah. He commanded the beast of the earth not to harm Noah. Hey, 
See, there are beasts in this world. If you enter into the new creation, they will receive a command concerning your life. You cannot harm these ones. When they see you, they will react like they saw Jesus. Have you come to destroy us? Have you come to destroy us? Because in the new creation, you are the rest of God. You are the one who rules on his behalf. And that is why in the book of Revelation, he says that, And they shall reign in the earth. We will reign in the new creation. The book of Revelation is a picture of the new creation. He said that they will reign in the earth. The redeemed of the Lord, the righteous of the Lord, the ransomed of the Lord, the priest of God. They are priests and they are kings. And because of that, they will reign in the earth. That's what Revelation 5 tells us. So I pray for you and I. That like Noah, we will be, we will carry the symbol of the rest of God wherever we go. Like Noah, that we will open the doors of the ark and come out of the ark and enter into the new life by the Spirit of God. That by the new life, we will begin to dominate our world and bring and manifest the glory of our Christ in the created realm. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May God cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. I pray that tonight. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.